What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. Coming up on today's show, we take your questions and what we're calling anything about anything. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's go! Can you believe that, guys? No, I mean, that is the craziest sequence of events we've seen in quite a period of time. In the top right corner, gentlemen. Out to the middle. Back to Kevin, the people want to know, how was the Smokies on Thanksgiving? <laughs> people are going to have to wait because I didn't go. You didn't uh, go? Oh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, it was, it was a, we filled our time with uh, craft shows around Knoxville. Um, some Riley participated in. So, yeah, we were kind of prepping for that, getting ready for that, and recovering after that and Thanksgiving. So it was, the weekend was filled with that, but it was good. You were such hipsters. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, you Artisanal know. craft shows, uh, just so you know. They were uh, organically sourced craft shows. <laughs> so, supporting your local community. Right in the your, back your, your, your local neighbors. Yeah, that's... that's you Look down upon that. Let's, let's not... <laughs> Can't find this stuff on Etsy, I'm just saying. Etsy's for, for people who sold out. <laughs> uh, Josh, how was your uh, Friendsgiving? It was great. It was a lot of fun. And then afterwards, we uh, so we we ordered a new tree, a fake tree, because real trees are crap. Uh, <laughs> don't believe in that real tree stuff. They just get all over the place. But anyway, we ordered a fake tree, and it came in in time. So after we had our Friendsgiving, we uh, put it up. And this thing is a beast, like nine foot tall. Yeah. It, it was just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it, very, it sounds like it should be easy putting tree. up a fake tree, but when there's like, yeah, that tall and pre-lit and you have to like put it together like an erector set and yeah, it was, it was an interesting night. Do you need a ladder to uh, fully decorate it? Yes. Yeah. We have a, a ladder that lets me reach the ceiling of our nine foot tall uh, rooms. So that's nice. Nice. Jeez. I spent my Saturday working at a Christmas tree lot. So, you know, had fun with Real that. trees. BS. Real tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so my, my son is in the uh, local boy scout troop and uh, they do like two fundraisers all year one is working the fort ligonier days thing and then the other is they have this tree lot and so we had the first shift that we did it was saturday morning and it rained the whole time it was two people still showed up in my trees but uh it was miserable um do you like cut down trees is that what you do there or are they already cut down no they're already cut down um i on i wasn't there to help like stock it i don't know where the trees came from they were nice looking trees but no they were already there they're just leaning up against some stuff and you sort of like lift it up and you look at it and you go does this look like it would look good in our room i don't know yeah maybe and then you throw it on a truck and you drive away so yeah. and then it dies and it gets needles all over the place yeah. and the cat climbs it and it's terrible yeah yeah this is true this is true um, so before we get into this sort of anything about anything, uh, our buddy John Krasinski dropped an exclusive, um, interview with Bob Lilly earlier today. A few tidbits that came out of this, Kev, I don't know if you had a chance, I think you had a chance to read this, but the big thing, you mentioned it on the last show, new turf in 2019, Lilly said it's happening. They're just finding the dates to make it happen. So that'll be very interesting, um, to see what, what comes out of that. The other two big things uh st louis back to the east they just (laughs) i 
I feel bad. I'm happy because our buddy Phil Grooms is going to be back in the East, which gives him a reason or gives us the reason to have him back on the show. But uh, uh, St. Louis back in the East and Swope Park uh, likely coming back to the East, which we were talking a little bit off air. Swope Park is one of those dangerous teams um, that, you know, Kev, you were talking about when you sort of think about the ranking of where things sit in the East heading into this season. Um, I think Swope Park has an argument for being top five in that list maybe top four or three um they're a good squad so uh they're they're kind of sneaky well i shouldn't i tend to think about them in the same vein as like the red bulls in that they you, you really don't want to play them uh and they even though they may have some down games they're always in the playoffs and they're always causing havoc so that's gonna be a fun one to watch I guess, guys, was there anything else from that article uh, that you uh, that you want to talk about before we dive into our anything about anything? I mean, I just I, a, a word, a quick word about the pitch. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that Lily kind of, well, I don't know, I, I don't know if Lily brought it up or John brought it up, but the fact that Lily goes into such depth in the article about, you know, what a better pitch can bring, I, th- I think that kind of speaks volumes because I think you know something like the quality of the playing surface at your home stadium, I, f- I feel like that's one of those topics that you're not really going to shine a light on. It's kind of it's kind of like, like you know, the manager talking about referee decisions after a game that you lose. Like, un- unless unless the referee had a, you know, obviously terrible game, it's like, it's kind of taboo. You don't really want to talk about it. It's not that big of a deal. There's other things that you can control. But the fact that, you know, so I kind of equate that similar with like the, the, playing surface at Highmark, the fact that Lily goes into such depth and say, you know, you know, a new, a new pitch will improve our, you know, our first touch. It'll allow us to, you know, get more control of the ball and it'll help us in the final third with finishing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to see that. I, you know, and I'm happy to see the club. Um, yeah, I guess like re- respond and respect Lily's desires in, in this kind of stuff. Also, I mean, he kind of pointed out, I think Lily makes a note about Tuffy backing him up with, I, I don't know, like, a, this is this is not a quote, but it, the, the quote almost seemed like it was like a solid budget, you know, and so he felt like he's well-funded, um, which is once again good to see. Um, so, yeah, those are the two big things, I think, for me to, to pull out from that article. And also with the replacement turf, uh, it, it can also help with injuries. I mean, if you have a bad surface to play on day in and day out and you're practicing on that surface as well, that's going to, you know, might cause injuries. So the fact that we're getting a new turf makes me feel a lot more confident about the player's health and maybe we won't see as many injuries coming into, you know, the midseason and into the, the end of the season. And also just a little bit more on Swip Park. Um, 2016 2017 they ended their season fourth in the west and then last year they ended seventh in the west so that's not a terrible uh statistic uh for them so they are definitely going to be a team to keep an eye out for and it's also one of those things that it's kind of hard to equate what the competition's like in the west compared to the east so who knows what that equates to in the east that could be worse or better uh, and the fact that they had an off season where they didn't make the playoffs last year, um, yeah, makes me a little bit more confident about them coming in. But they're definitely a good side. Uh, but like most MLS two teams, they don't have great attendance as well. I think uh, last year they didn't break a thousand uh, for their regular season attendance. So it's kind of sucks. I would like to see more 
bigger teams coming in, better atmospheres to play in. When I'm watching an away game, I don't want it to be an empty stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, it was a good article. Head over to Pittsburgh Soccer now. Check it out. Uh, and thanks to John for giving us the heads up that it was there before we uh, before we started recording. Guys, um, before we uh, before we dive into this, I just want to give a big thanks. Um, we had some people lined up, and then it sort of fell through. And so uh, basically put out the call and said, hey, send us your questions. And we got so many questions, we're not going to be able to get through all of them in this episode. So thank you, everybody, who sent in questions. What we did was uh, I took all of the questions and cut them out and put them in our Mongols hat. And uh, we're going to basically just draw questions out of the hat and talk about them for the next... I don't know, 40 minutes, and uh, we'll see what we get through. And then anything we don't get through, we'll save for another show. We do have, uh, well, we're working on lining up some more people for next week's show. Uh, hopefully we can get Kyle Morton on. Um, we could talk about that playing surface and how maybe it attributed to the injury and sort of what he's looking for next year. So if you have any questions for him, send them over to us, and uh, we'll make sure that we get those to him, hopefully, like I said, for next week. Uh, and if he doesn't work out, then we'll get somebody else. But, uh, yeah, lining up all sorts of stuff. I guess let's do this. So I'm gonna shake up the uh, shake up the questions here. I I mean we have an idea of what they are, but we have no idea what's coming out in what order. So here we go. First question. Uh, okay, here we go from Dan Yost. He said, "Will USL let Nashville use their TAM and GAM next season?" So uh, back background on this is that obviously we talked a lot about Cincinnati using some of the MLS money to uh, buy players in MLS and then loan them down to their USL team. And the big crux around all of that was the fact that they were using this MLS funny money, the TAM and GAM, to pay for the players, which no other team has access to, and then loan them down. Now, uh, Nashville was just in the news because they signed Daniel Rios to their MLS team and have loaned him to their USL team for 2019. The catch there is that Rios played with North Carolina FC last season, so he's not a DP-level talent. They're not using Tam and Gam to sign him, but they have made an official signing for their 2020 roster and loaned him down uh, to their USL roster for 2019. Josh, what do you... I mean, do you think that after everything that went down with Cincy that USL is going to change the rules this offseason so Nashville can't do that? Do you have any hope that that's going to happen, or where do you stand on this? I mean, hope, no. Uh, the fact that they were completely radio silent on the whole situation, they have been ever since the offseason as well. It's not like they've said, hey, this is new rules going through. I, I feel like they would make that public if it was something they were doing because of the, the outcry that you know happened around the soccer community when uh, since he used Tam and Cam to sign Adi. So I, I don't think it's possible, or I, it's possible, obviously, but I don't think it's likely that USL changed the rules. Um, so it's very possible that we could see it happen down the road with Nashville this coming season. Sucks, but uh, until USL says something, I think it's still on the table. Kev, do you care? I mean, yes, but, I, and, and also as a quick note, um, really, sad to see Rios go to Nashville because Rios is a heck of a player and he's a heck of a goal scorer and uh, and he's staying in the Eastern Conference and you know he's, he's going to provide attacking power to an already defensively solid Nashville team so it's yeah I mean they're going to be tough um, yeah I care but yeah I, I'm, I'm not convinced anything's going to change only because I think if, if U.S. soccer gets its act together then this thing thing doesn't happen much more in the future 
Unless you have some kind. I mean, but but then wait, 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 hold on, hold on. define this thing. This thing of oh, you're a USL team this year, and next year you're going to go up to the MLS. Um, I, so you know, if 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 we could snap our fingers and say, okay, everyone just jumps into the position that they're in right now, then then it's kind of done. Like you know, without Perot, it's done. This isn't going to happen anymore. So I, I'm not optimistic of the USL having discussions with the MLS and sitting down and saying, okay, before that happens, let's let's hash out a firm set of rules that either allows or doesn't allow this to happen in, in this way or that way. I, I just, I don't, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, like, I don't know, do you guys know like how many more teams the MLS is looking to bring in? I mean, the door's kind of closing on that, right? They, I mean, they've, they've said that they want to put a hard cap on a number, but then they just keep adding teams to that like I think this last round was supposed to be the last round for a while but now they're already back in negotiations with St. Louis there's rumors of them going back to Phoenix and like they weren't even in the last round I mean there was talk of St. Louis being in the round and then there was all sorts of political stuff that made it fall through but, but when it came down to sort that, of like the final four I don't think Phoenix or St. Louis were in the running so it's just yeah yeah, and then you also have the situation with uh, Miami and Beckham, and you have the fact that the Columbus crew got essentially sold to local ownership, but still has pre-court the uh, original owner, well, not original, but the most recent owner, uh, who is being given another franchise so to try his luck in Austin, which seems to be falling through right now, but he still has that you know in his pocket that he can make it another team so yeah it's it's kind of all up in the air now and honestly uh with mls it's one of those things where what keeps them profitable or at least keeps them going is the fact that they keep on having uh the entrance fee for new teams come in which is like millions and millions of dollars so it's one of those things where they can say they're gonna cap it but I got a feeling that that sweet sweet money <laughs> that uh temptation is gonna keep them uh, growing so, so you guys think this could actually like so for example like so i was coming from the perspective of this thing presumably isn't going to happen every year for the next 10 to 15 years but you but do you think that's that's a possibility because i feel like if it does then yeah i think it's completely reasonable for the usl to sit down and say all right let's let's you know figure out an ironclad rule of you know we want this to happen but if, it, if it's if it's not and this is going to be just a couple more years a handful of teams here and there. I, I don't foresee them. I, I, I could see them sitting in their offices and saying, you know what, this isn't going to be a long-term problem. Let's just, it's working out fine for now. People aren't up in arms. Let's just, let's just leave it. I mean, I, I think you have to address it because even if they do put a cap on it um, and it's only a couple more teams, that's a couple more times it could happen. And then also you got to count for teams moving or, you know, folding, which has happened in MLS before. Um, so that could bring new teams in. So it's, it's going to happen in the future, regardless if they even put a cap on the, the amount of teams that are coming into MLS. So I feel like it's better to have that rule in place beforehand than to, you know, scramble when it comes up again. And by the way, I'm completely on your side. I'm just, I'm just trying to think, yeah, realistically of, of what the USL are probably thinking right now. Um, I don't know. They probably have their hands tied right now too with USL championship and the wonderful, wonderful. I mean, but it feels like it's a simple enough thing, right? Like, you you can sign whoever I mean, you want. You, you just can't you say use that. But as, as as soon as I, I don't know, my guess is as soon as you start turning around to club owners and saying, "I'm imposing new restrictions on you," I, th- I think that's just 
that's a lot. I, I, you know, it's arguably more difficult than just a rebrand or something like that. Like, cause like then you, you're almost having to have that discussion across the league and all that kind of stuff. So I, I could see it being more difficult than, than just, you know, writing a decree one morning and saying every club <laughs> has to abide by this. And you also got to think, do they want to put a stop to it? Because if you're getting these all-star players who honestly shouldn't be playing in USL, they, they're they big enough names that they should be in MLS, coming to USL and playing for a whole season, why is that a bad thing for USL as a brand? Like USL is thinking, hey, that's selling more merch, that's getting more name recognition to our league, that's being you know making us look more legit, uh, even though the money that the club's using to pay for the player is coming from MLS. So really, the bigger question, I think, for USL, at least, uh, the front office, is do they want to stop this? Yeah, us as teams who are not benefiting from it want it to stop, but why do they want it to stop? Yeah, we're, we're very much approaching it as fans of teams where we're looking purely at the competition and whether or not the competition is fair. But, Josh, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business, and so... If, if if by being radio silent, the USL isn't taking a clear stance on it one way or another, and it, oh, it just so happens again, and now, you know, Pulisic <laughs> is playing for Nashville, and we're selling jerseys, and people are going to the games, and whatever. Oh, darn. Oh, darn. Like, I guess we'll have to fix this next time, but, like, they're making money off of it. And, you know, that's not me trying to paint the USL as some corrupt organization, but you do have a point where it's in their best interest to have these players in the league, and if they can do it in such a way that doesn't paint them as enemies of the people, then maybe they just stay silent on it. So I do think it would be an easy enough thing to just say, you know, no Tam and Gam. You want to you wanna spend your money to pay, bring in a player? Great. But I think that that would be a – I would love to see the stance taken – but I think that would be a very hard stance taken in favor of the fans over the business that is the USL. So, yeah. Thanks, Dan, for that one. Dan sent in a lot of questions. We may end up pulling another one out here from him. Uh, let's see. What do we got? We got one from Matt Polanski, at Matt Polanski, who says, <laughs> if the Hounds could afford a superstar, who would you want now should we should we limit this yeah let's let's define some boundaries of what superstar means yeah and, and one thing i was going to add right before we jumped on i noticed um there are tweets circulating that apparently there is some negotiating going on to try to get zach Steffen over to man city which like i thought it was a done deal it, then maybe it's a done deal but like zach Steffen, former riverhound now playing for man city is kind of crazy that's outside of the question of uh of if we could afford a superstar who would we want? So, um, yeah. So, what are, what are the boundaries we want to put on this, Kev? You were sort of the first to jump on this. So, what sort of limitation do you want to put on this? I mean, like, I I don't. I feel like this shouldn't turn into the conversation of who's the best player in the world. It's messy, like, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. But yeah, go ahead. So you know, I feel like that's that's not a useful conversation to have. Um, should we say? No, because you said superstar. I was going to say, should we say, like, who's a realistic target that we all want to see, you know, play for the Hounds next season? But that's not the question. We should answer We should answer Matt's question. I don't know. I don't, what do you guys think? I mean, should, should we say, like, like, you can pick a European player if, in their, if they're in their twilight of their career? Should we say that? I was, I was going to say, should we just eliminate, like, the top five 
which if you just if you just Google top soccer players, the top five are Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar, Suarez, and Pogba. Which, yeah, I'd, I'd argue whether or not you know <laughs> Pogba belongs up there. Most popular, I guess. Yes, but beyond that, I mean, you're looking at like Griezmann, Hazard, Zlatan is up there, Harry yeah, Kane, right. uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Mbappe, Aguero. Rooney is on the list. I don't think Rooney's like no. Uh, he's slaying new in DC United right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mo Salah is on the list. Iniesta is further down the list. See, like I think that if we were having this conversation, I think Kev, you're right. Maybe it should be sort of like the Iniestas, where they're like sort of yeah. done playing in their career. The I think the, it's reasonable. Yeah, the Javis. Um, you know, maybe you want to try to con- con- uh, convince a Dane to, you know, come out of coaching and play for the house. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Uh, Beckham, bring him into the into the USL. Uh, maybe he could be like a player player owner like Drogba. There you go. I don't know. Um, I'm sort of looking at the list here, and oh man. Well, yeah, I okay, mean, so I, so my, my thought presses on all this. Okay, let, let's let's we should we should find someone that also probably embodies not only what Lily wants but what we as Pittsburghers identify with, right? Like a hardworking, tough, like like Neymar isn't gonna fly no. in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Matt Polanski so, would so, run him over after a game. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in that sense, I mean Zidane kind of works. I mean Zidane was like. You know, a wonderfully technical player, but you know, he was he was tough, and so that's my that's my first thought. I'm just trying to make sure we don't have dead air because I can't find someone yet. I'm, I'm, I mean, honestly, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that you need someone. If if we were gonna spend money on a bigger player, it has to be someone that would actually bring people in. And the only people who are gonna know bigger players are the Euro snobs. So it's gonna have to be someone who was big in Europe at some point, because it's, those are the people that we are having issues coming into the fold for the Riverhounds. No big player is going to be a big enough name for the regular Joe to know in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like, unless it is someone like uh, maybe Zlatan. But even that, I don't know if most Pittsburghers are going to know who the heck he is. He was in Pittsburgh for surgery uh, last year mm-hmm. on his knee. No one freaking knew. He could walk down the street and have no issue. So, I mean, it's it's going to have to be a big deal. Um but honestly, with that working man mentality, it's it's gonna sound silly. But I think someone like Wayne Rooney, he's he's already come to America, he has already started playing MLS. So if we had someone like him, or even him playing for the Hounds, I mean that would be obviously huge. That would be a name that people know, and that would get people to show up. Yeah, it's not a bad shout. I like it. I was so I'm sort of scrolling back and forth through this list, and I'm trying to. It's not a long list, but trying to look for somebody who's sort of hard nosed, uh, works hard. Um, well, you know, this could be questionable, but uh, really can you know put a shoulder on somebody. Lukaku sort of jumped out. He might be an interesting addition to the Hounds front line. But again, I don't know if that's a big enough name, like you're saying, Josh. I- feel like that's actually too big right now like uh, anyone who's currently playing for one of the top teams in us or in uh um epl i feel like it's probably too big yeah at least i feel like wayne rooney you know is like three degrees away from possibilities (laughs) that's fair yeah i mean scrolling back through this list i feel like a lot of these guys as good as they are like the usl 
could be rather physical, especially playing on turf and guys hacking at you. And that's true. Um, you know, some of the, especially some of the, the, the Barcelona guys who I love, like Iniesta, Iniesta or even bringing Xavi out of, I think he's retired now, but like, there's no appreciation there for that sort of beautiful style. They would just get hacked to bits. So. What about a younger player that's maybe USA uh, national team quality? I mean, if we had someone like even, you know, um, oh, I just forgot his name. Uh, Lee, I think. Uh, let me look it up. But anyway, one of the younger players that are on the USA uh, radar for the national team. That could be yeah. also helpful I'm, yeah i mean i was gonna say bringing back zach stefan could be uh could be pretty awesome as well <laughs> we just mentioned but uh yeah yeah so okay I, th- so, I think i think the right answer is rooney i think that's the right answer. you think rooney you is think the that's right the right answer, answer. Rooney, I, I, I mean think... honestly it seems like the most likely that could ever feasibly happen even that is like not feasible i know we're not going to get wayne rooney anytime soon but it would be like the only person i could think of that could possibly be a signing that could work so i think yeah so so now i'm like now i'm looking at the list of top u.s soccer players and uh and i think rooney would be a really good international i could like if we brought in somebody like tim ream you know in the lily system that could be interesting tim ream is a defender uh or you know maybe one of that doesn't get people into the gates i'm sorry (laughs) you don't think well maybe no i don't think anyone in pittsburgh knows who the hell that is (laughs) oh that's a bummer I like Tim Reese. I, I agree. It is a bummer. I agree. Okay. Well, there you go. I guess that's that's our definitive answer is Wayne Rooney. So, obviously, there's a lot of room for discussion around this. Matt, thanks for the question. Let us know who you think. If, if the Hounds could bring in any superstar, who would it be? And let's say why, because it's very easy to sit back and be like, Messi, bring in Messi. Like, <laughs> yeah, let, we're, we're, we're taking – okay, you can't say Messi, Ronaldo, um, I don't the know. top five that we mentioned. You can earlier. say sure, Neymar, but we'll tell you you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> Neymar is obviously the wrong yeah. answer in any question. Yeah, <laughs> unless it's diving. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Matt. Let's move on to the next question here. I got my hat. I'm shaking it up. Let's see here. Uh, oh, we got another one from Dan Yost. Which one West team would you want the Hounds to face? So I guess that that first of all requires that we know who the Western teams are because we pay so much attention to them. Um, so guys, I'll run through that quickly. We have the Colorado Spring, Springs switchback. We have Fresno FC, LA Galaxy 2. Oh, I, here's your answer. Las Vegas Lights FC. Um, <laughs> yes. You have OKC Energy, Orange County SC, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix Rising, Portland Timbers 2, Real Monarchs, Reno, 1868, uh, Rio Grande Valley, Sac Republic, uh, San Antonio, Sounders 2, Swope Park Range. Well, Swope Park is now uh, in our conference. Tulsa Roughnecks. <laughs> Roughnecks. Why did Roughnecks? It's Roughnecks. Um, yeah. I think you could probably stop there. I think we're good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going with Vegas just because it's Vegas. And <laughs> we, that, that might be one of the only Western teams that we've talked about on this show all season because of what goes on there. If it's Vegas, it has to be at Vegas. Um, I don't want to play them at home because that kind of loses its charm. But I could see a, a contingent of the Steel Army making a road trip, uh, a plane trip to Vegas just to, to watch the spectacle. And uh, also it's a trip to Vegas, so why not? So th- that seems like the most fun answer. If it was this season, I would have said Arizona. 
um, just because Phoenix Rising coming to Pittsburgh with Drogba, even though we play on turf, so he probably wouldn't play here, but <laughs> Drogba in Pittsburgh, that could draw people to us as well. I feel like that's the only one that really had someone that would would bring the fans into the stadium. That was my answer. I just Even though, yeah, Drogba's retired and all that kind of stuff, man. Don't. Yeah, so it's not going to happen now, yeah, but if that, he was still yeah. playing for Phoenix. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I, I would have loved to see that. So Vegas or Phoenix? That's our answer. Away. Vegas away. Vegas away. Phoenix at home. (laughs) All right. So let's see here. Digging through the hat. Looking for... um, I keep drawing out Dan Yost questions. Sorry, Dan. He asked a lot of questions. He did ask a lot of questions. I'm trying to find someone here who isn't Dan. Okay. I know. At the beginning of the podcast, we had so many. We just couldn't No, we really did. It's just they're somehow all at the top of my hat, even though I keep shaking them. Okay. So here we go. Our buddy Matt Geica, play-by-play guy for the Hounds, said, what's your feel on how year one of the ESPN Plus deal worked out for the league? Kev, you're obviously one of the biggest, well, benefactors i guess we'll say or followers of what went on with espn plus what's what was your take on it i mean yeah i mean look my my only gripe with it was that you know i i was if if we want to say the streaming of usl games was a product you know before this year i was getting my product for free on youtube and and now it's on espn um that i have to pay i think it's like five bucks a month or something for um so I'm not thrilled about that. And to be honest, I mean, with with jumping to ESPN Plus, it was my experience that things were a bit clunkier. I mean, everything on YouTube is just a bit quicker, cleaner, easier to find. Um, on ESPN Plus, it was kind of buried and like you know, um, like you know, which sport are you looking for? Lists and you know, you had to go through like 20 different college baseball games before you could find like, oh, the Rivers are playing now and all that kind of stuff. So. On that end, as a consumer, um, the switch wasn't great, uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm blindly optimistic in, you know, ESPN Plus should be getting better, and they have the resources behind them to be able to make it better. And so, yeah, I mean, I, it, any kind of blind optimism optimism is just that, but, but no, when you kind of drill down to the product details, it... It wasn't great. I mean, it, it was cleaner and better on YouTube. Um, but that's that's from the consumer perspective. I also saw what I think someone replied to his tweet or saying that like there was some kind of there's the, there's some kind of capability opening up to like PlayStation or something, so you can like stream it off of the PlayStation, which is pretty cool um, if that's true. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah, there was a lot of issues with the devices that you could uh, play it on early on, and I think they got them mostly straightened out. I mean, I, I would I would tend to agree it was a bit of a rocky start, and there's a number of things that I think right off the bat would make the app so much better and make the experience so much better. First of all, I didn't even realize that you could watch games that weren't live. Like, I, there was one point where I was like, I missed the game. I have no idea what happened, and I can't find it on the app. And Josh was like, oh, if you, like, click here and then scroll down and then click this thing and then search for a monkey, then it comes up. And, like, then that's how you find it. It's just, it's bizarre. Well, and, the, and the frustrating thing, like, you would search for, you know, like, you know, if, if, if we played Louisville, like, a day ago and I wanted to watch it again the next day, if you search for, like, Pittsburgh, Riverhound, you know, something simple as that, I got I got um, there was an there was an, an instance last season where I thought I was watching the most recent game, but it was actually like the game that happened earlier in the year mm. 
or something like that. I was like, and, and it took me, it took me, you know, a couple minutes before, and that was the first search result that popped up. So it was like weird things, like search results weren't great. Um, yeah, you really kind of had to know what you're looking for and, and, you know, precisely find it delicately. Uh, but, but yeah, so that wasn't great. And, you know, there was a lot of, they had our old logo on there for the longest time. Um, That was frustrating, especially after we had the big reveal. One thing that I think would make a huge difference is you can look, you can pull up game results on the ESPN app, but there's no way to watch the game right from the game results. So you can find, you know, Pittsburgh versus Louisville pretty easily and it'll show you the box score and it'll show you who scored and all of that but if you want to watch the game you have to leave that section and go somewhere else to find the video if they just had the replay right there that you could click it that would make it instantly hundreds of times better and i'd be curious to see i mean i i don't know this maybe you guys know this um matt would definitely know this but like i like i wonder you know presumably this is maybe at least a little more money towards the league Right, I mean, going on the pop, which is which is a positive thing. I want to keep seeing that. I'm wondering if if like you know the likes of Matt and other commentators received a little bit more support, a little bit more resources. In, in which case, once again, you know, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that. Let's let's keep that going. Um, but yeah, from a consumer perspective, it wasn't a great experience. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things I always wanted to see uh, five years ago when I started, or longer now, uh, following USL was, it wasn't even on YouTube back then, it was, they had their own USL Pro uh, cast type thing, um, was integration between all the leagues in America for soccer, uh, as far as streaming rights go. And so MLS Live was a thing back then, and I always thought it'd be cool to see USL and NESL on USL or MLS Live. But then MLS Live went away, and they got picked up by ESPN+. Plus. So kind of I did see that happen with USL being a part of the same package that was for MLS. Um, and the fact that they had other packages for other sport or for other soccer leagues uh, across the world was really cool. So it, I, I like where that's heading. I like the fact that as, as a cord cutter, I can pay, and I don't have to have cable for this, and I can just pay a monthly subscription for you know, most of the soccer leagues out there. Um, obviously, EPL not being a part of the package really sucks, but at the same time, that's a huge property, and I understand why it's not. So it was nice to be able to have at least North American soccer all on one package where I could watch it, um, all the different leagues, the well, two leagues for us, uh, and also college, which was pretty cool as well because I've never really watched college soccer, so I did find myself watching it every once in a while uh, because I had access to it. So that was nice. I just wish that they took more care with that prop with those properties. So getting the logos right, getting the interface right, making maybe more of a landing page just for soccer, just for hockey, just for baseball, like having different landing pages for for these different types and making them more coherent uh, and just showing that they care about those properties would be nice. So there's definitely room for growth, but at the same time, it is heading in the right direction. And I do like the fact that it is behind a paid service because that means it has value uh, and it should have value. Giving it away for free kind of felt like it was cheap and that you didn't have very many expectations for it. So the fact that it is behind a paywall, I do expect the quality to go up, which it didn't unfortunately last season, but I do expect it to go up. And that's what we want to see. All right, so let's give it a grade school grade for their first year. A, B, C, D, E, F. Josh, what are you giving it? Um, C plus. Kev, you look disgusted, by the way. I mean, 
D? <laughs> I'd say, yeah. I'd say I'm giving them a... I'll I'll split the difference. I'll say a C minus. I think that it's they they they're there, but uh, definitely they can put some effort in. And like I said, it's just a few little things, and I think it could be B B plus. Um, so you know, ESPN, if you're listening, like I know you are, just go ahead and you make those <laughs> things happen, and uh, you know we'll make sure that we give you a better grade in the next go around. So thanks, Matt, for the question. All right, here we go. Next question here, reaching into the hat. I have from Kyle at Kyle McHenry said, what are your thoughts on the rumors of a USL all-star style game in 2020? Kev, once again, you look somewhat disgusted. So I'm going to start with I'm you. Not disgu- I, so I, I was thinking off in the distance. No, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued about the idea. Um, I think the only thing would be like where you'd play it. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, but I, I, cause I, I think that it would be kind of sad if you had like a USL, like a USL all-star game and like, you know, you, you had it like, cause if, I don't know if, if you have it in an area where you have a lot of attendance for USL club, like you're probably only going to get us like the, the fans of that club going to the game and it feels a little weird and it's all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know, but I, I mean, I would like to see it. Like, I don't know, like behind, like just throw them in a, I don't know, throw them in a building that has a pitch on it and just, you know, film it and stream it and I'll watch it. Thunderdome style yeah, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't like this at all. I, well, okay, it depends on how they do it. Uh, first off, we don't have big enough stars to to attract uh, either viewers on TV or people to the stadium. If, you're, if it's not your league playing or if not your team playing, then why do you come to this game unless, I guess couple of your all-star players are on this team uh and two it's it's just premature you barely see any hype for the mls all-star game and they play usually a bigger team on the other side so it's it's not you know west versus east it's usually mls all-stars versus chelsea or something like that like they play a a team from across the um the pond so it, i unless they did something like that now what i would like to see instead is maybe you gear this more towards League One. Um, sorry, USL League One. Uh, <laughs> so have it be the All-Stars is from League One. They get all the best players from League One, and they play a side on USL. Maybe the whoever won the cup in USL plays the All-Stars of League One. That, to me, at least, sounds more interesting. If you have that game played in a League One city, that could also be fun because then it's, you know you're showing up because you want to see the bigger players even though they're not huge but at least there's something and you're seeing all the best players from uh, League One play against this team so that sounds more interesting to me but as it stands I don't see anyone getting out of bed for USL All Star Game yeah I think that I agree with Josh and that I don't think we have the stars that that warrant sort of an all-star game we have great players but i think even if you look at the team of the week that the usl puts out every week you're looking to see you know if it's somebody on your team and if not you probably don't know or don't recognize 75 percent of the guys on the list and part of that is just sort of the nature of the usl in terms of you have a lot of mls players coming down for you know playing for two teams and they get some points and so they make the list and you can't keep them off the list i would almost prefer you know i think another way you could do this is if you want to do something fun and you sort of combine the teams, 
do something like like almost like a skills competition, but like something that you could put on YouTube, something like crossbar challenge and like do crazy trick shots with crossbar challenge or, or just something that's fun that shows the players having fun and, you know, is going to get circulated and is going to get clicks on YouTube regardless of who the players are because it's just cool stuff that they're doing, like best dribbling or best juggling tricks or just weird things like that. And maybe you do that as part of like a like a preseason party or something like that. And, and you, that's how you kick off the yeah, season. Yeah, at best that sounds like a YouTube, you know, short that USL puts on. It's yeah. a the the recaps and that kind of stuff they they add to their programming where they do crossbar challenge or something like that like that's i don't know i just don't see any draw to this i mean let's put it this way i don't think i don't think it would take a lot to do it like i like i don't think the usl would have to spend a lot of money i don't think that you know it's i think it's a pretty low-hanging fruit thing that if you would want to do it i don't think it's that difficult to do and and i think any time that you could potentially get more exposure on you know quality of the league or whatever and then or, or more exposure around you know america about this kind of stuff i think the better um so i think it, it you know if they're willing to put in a little more work to just get a little bit of mileage out of it i think it could work but uh but yeah no there's there's certainly challenges in the way maybe a partnership with mls uh they it's a preseason thing they get the best players from the last season or something like that and it is against an mls side and they they hype it up and it's shown on ESPN Plus or something like that. I guess that would work, but that's I still think you would have a problem drawing fans. I think there would be plenty of people that would watch it on ESPN, but I don't know if people would show up for it. I mean, and can you imagine Lily being happy about sending like Joe, Joe Greenspan to an All Star game where he could get hurt? Like that's probably not <laughs> something that he's going to be thrilled about. There's not a lot that coaches thrill about. Let's be honest. New turf. He seemed pretty happy about new turf. <laughs> okay. Yes. So there's our thoughts on the All Star Game. Thanks, Kyle, for that. Let's uh, see what else we got in the hat here. All right. So Mike at one check thirty seven said, "What are your opinions on the expansion of soccer in U.S. and Canada? You now have the Canada PL and expansion the USL. I'm looking forward to Canada PL." I would love to see a bigger rivalry with the two national teams. So there's a few things to this, Mike. Um, I saw this that piqued my interest. One, in addition to Canada, there's now rumors swirling that MLS is trying to partner with Liga MX to make sort of like a super league. And I don't know how that's going to work. Like people complain about the travel in the U.S. as it is. If you start introducing Mexico and potentially Canada as well, they're going to have to do something. Now, the one thing that made me think was that we've been talking all along about how like pro rel could be this huge thing that MLS might have, uh, or that might be able to compete with MLS. And if MLS decides to somehow figure out a partnership with Mexico and Canada and create like the super league, they would have to sort of make a first and second division sort of thing to hold all of the teams. And that might be their way of sort of sliding into pro rel. But I guess, guys, the the question was specifically about U.S. and Canada and sort of Canada now trying to create their own league with, you know, the likes of um, Toronto and all of the other Canadian teams who I care so much about that I've forgotten who they are right now. Ottawa. (laughs) What are your thoughts on on sort of Canada going out there and making their own league and saying we're not playing ball with USL and MLS anymore? Kev, what do you think? So two things on on that. Yeah, I mean, on one hand... I mean, you made the decent point earlier about, like, 
travel distances and, and that not being great. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with that, but at the same time, the majority of like major cities in Canada and, and the majority of the population in Canada is along their southern border, our northern border. So a lot of cases you get like northern American cities being much more close. You know, I don't know what the right grammar is here. Closer to uh, to the Canadian cities, you know, as compared to you know southern cities or like Miami or something like that. So, I mean, travel distance kind of gets thrown out when you look at the size already of the U.S. But I still think it's somewhat legitimate. Um, but I think the, the the bigger and more important thing is I, I think I'm in favor of of, of growing soccer quality and interest and investment and resources anywhere in the world. And I think in this case, it actually means that we don't kind of partner with them. I think Canada needs to go off and do their thing and kind of, you know, create their own league the, the way they see fit, kind of create their own identity and kind of, and, and build up soccer in, in their country. Because I think it's, I don't know, you, you kind of like, I, I just, I want another, I want another country slash league slash, you know, pool of players on the list of North and South America um, to kind of look at and pick from. I mean, it's right now, it, you know, you have you have your behemoths of South American um, soccer interest and all that kind of stuff. But it, it, as soon as you get past the Colombias, Brazils, Argentinas, Uruguays, all that kind of stuff, yeah, like, why, you know, why not add canada in in the pool between us and mexico and all that kind of stuff i think it can only be good um and I, yeah i i would kind of be in favor for canada to go off and, and and build their own uh thing from the ground up yeah i mean right now like, there's seven clubs in the uh, canadian premier league and they're they're not really stealing any away from mls i mean vancouver toronto they, they still have their their mls clubs uh, so it's kind of an interesting idea. I just don't know if I see it being uh, enough of a, a draw as far as like, this seems like more of like a USL than it does like an MLS. I guess I'll say that. Uh, so even though it's, it's Canadians, you know, Canada's league, it, that doesn't really feel like it's going to be the, the, the top of the top as far as. Uh, where players are going to want to end up in Canada. This is definitely going to be more of the proving ground for the Canadians, and then they either sign with one of the MLS teams in uh, Canada or they go abroad. So it's it's kind of an interesting idea. Um, I just, I don't know. It, it could be interesting for us, though, as USL fans. And, and, yeah, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I know nothing about, like, Canadian soccer history and or, or the current organizational structures of Canadian soccer and all that kind of stuff. But... I mean, just in a larger point, I, I remember that, I don't know, is it weird to you guys? I know it was weird for me growing up thinking, you know, in, in, in the things of like the NHL or the NBA or anything like that. Like, I, I never really understood why we, you know, there was Canadian teams in an American sports structure. I, I have nothing necessarily against that, but I, I think if, you know, if there's an interest for it, you know, do your own thing and, and, and create create it the way you see fit. Um, I think I think I don't know. I, th- I think in the long run that actually just benefits the sport in that country more so than saying, "Yeah, come across the border and, and play with us." And it's just I don't know. I, I, I'm not making the greatest argument for it, but I, I think in in the long run, I think when you can have a bit more 
autonomy and control of, of how the sport grows in your country. I think that's generally a, a, a better thing. What do you guys think about Mike's last point where he was saying he'd love to see a bigger bigger rivalry with the two national teams between Canada Absolutely. and U.S.? Do you ever see sort of Canada-U.S. becoming the, the, the battle that is Canada-Mexico? Or is it always going to sort of play second fiddle to that? Or Canada-Mexico, U.S.-Mexico. Sorry. Josh is looking <laughs> at his like, mic like, what? Say, what did you just say? What? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's the huge drive. Uh, personally, I don't see it happening anytime soon, but it's you know not a possibility that I see being – it's not impossible, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Although I, I do think that might be more because of uh, the lack of quality we've seen in U.S. soccer lately than it is because of the, the prowess of – Canadian soccer and part of me keeps thinking like oh it's Canada like it's cold they have hockey they but I mean you look at like Iceland you look at Sweden like you've got teams that it doesn't matter where they play they figure it out they put some talent together (laughs) so I mean but even with the Canadian League if you look at where these teams are playing they're all pretty much on the border of Canada towards America like it's near the bottom of Canada not up in the top at all like there's nothing up there as far as you know big cities or anything like that uh that are going to be joining there's no soccer teams like in uh what was that movie mystery Alaska where they're like playing pickup and (laughs) fly a pro team up there to play them yeah none of that so Mike thanks for the question guys I think we have time for one more maybe yeah we'll do one more all right here we go we'll see if we can make it a good one they're all good ones what am I saying um, oh, man. Okay, I did. I happened to draw a good one, and this was totally by luck. Dan Yost again said, you get one wish to change the hounds. Team, club, anything. What do you wish for? One wish. Oh, uh, man. Um, both Kevin and Josh are sort of sitting back a little bit, so I'm going to give them a little bit of time to think. <laughs> one wish. Um, honestly... One of the things that sort of struck me so far this offseason, and obviously after the last season as well, is just sort of the legitimacy that's been brought to the team. So I think that would have been sort of my biggest wish heading into the last season. I think that, you know, heading into 2019 and beyond, just a a, a huge fan base. Like, you look at Atlanta with like 70,000 fans, and I know this is this is a USL team, but you know, Dan said one wish. It could be any wish, anything. So I would say a massive, dedicated fan base that shows up week in and week out and just makes it a huge party and makes the Hounds, you know, one of the the talks of not even just you know the U.S. But really, you have people from all over the world looking at what's going on in Atlanta right now. So I think. I, and, was, and, and, and they're doing that. They're they're doing that probably not necessarily because of the the quality of play in Atlanta. They're doing it because they're pulling in ridiculous numbers. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that, yeah, yeah. So that's that would be my wish, Josh. How about you? What's your what's your one wish? I mean, it's along the same lines. It was just more of a how do we get that huge fan base type of thing. And I feel like a a solid marketing plan, a solid marketing department as far as like, you know, infinite budget, all that kind of stuff. I want to see them do smart budgeting for their marketing department and just really nail that part of the the game because that's something with the front office that it's it's really hard. I mean, it's it's not easy as a you know, soccer team in USL in Pittsburgh, that's not an easy nut to crack. So if if they were able to really 
hyper focus in on the marketing department and figure out a way to to get that word out it to get that fan base to us that'd be great um but yeah i i that's no slight towards the hounds in general it just that's that's really tough that's a huge ask so kev where are you at okay so two responses um both a bit more tangible than than uh i don't know you guys' responses the quick and easy one first is go sign kyle becker from north carolina um i think he would be huge for us uh, I, I just <laughs> i and i think it's reasonable as well i, I think it's like I, I was looking at players like who we should sign quote unquote in the off season and i kind of blindly i was like all right well let's let's assume we're not going to sign like sign anyone from louisville or, or anything like that you know north carolina finished in what ninth last season uh kyle becker uh, uh is is fifth in the east for chances created last season i mean he's attainable he, he can score goals he's a great you know playmaker in, in, in the mid, in the midfield i think he'd be a good signing anyway after that um another kind of fantasy uh response i don't know if this would work this has just been something it's been stuck in my head for a while i'm open to criticism let's talk about it um i think it'd be kind of cool if like the hounds had dedicated like like a a dedicated shuttle network that goes throughout pittsburgh and into the neighborhoods and suburbs and rural areas of pittsburgh and just picks up fans and families and brings them directly to the game i think not only that's that's if you can say like look like I don't have to drive there. I can I can have a couple of drinks. I can take my kids, and I can actually sit with them on this shuttle and just like have conversations with my kids rather than de- having to deal with traffic, worrying about traffic, where to park, all this kind of stuff. And then on top of that, that also brings up the opportunity of meeting other fans on the shuttle that you're with and seeing, oh, like you live in my community and you like that house, cool. Like let's let's support them together, and you can kind of build relationships that way and build the fan base that way. You can kind of build this kind of community that exists on the shuttles and all this kind of stuff, and you can go all over the place. I think I think if I lived in Pittsburgh, and if I had the opportunity to drive five minutes to a park and ride or whatever, and then just you know take the shuttle in and out of the game and then get dropped off, I would love that. Um, but obviously, like resources, it's not very realistic. Like I don't think you can get realistically the club and get a network of like twenty shuttle buses and just go around Pittsburgh and, and doing all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but it's I, you know it's I don't know I, I've I've been th- I've been thinking about that. I think it'd be pretty cool. I think it's funny that you turned a one wish for the hounds into an argument for better public transit in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a dig at the Port Authority after all that we've gone back and forth with them? I mean, on? it could be. I don't. I mean, it's, I, I don't, I don't know. What are you talking about? Mongols are huge fans <laughs> of the Port, Authority. the Port Authority. We've never had any run-ins with them at all. <laughs> but I, th- I think also the fact that it, it, it would be dedicated hounds shuttles. So you know you're getting on there with other hounds fans. You know, you know, it's we're not making tons of stop. I don't have to navigate a bus network. Like, I know this is going to that, like, high mark, and it's coming right back. I, I don't know. I think it'd be, yeah. I mean, so if the Port Authority can figure it out, great. But I mean, um, th- that's something that, you could, in theory, start small, right? I mean, Tuffy buys a bus and puts the Hounds logo on it, and you roll up in Oakland on, you know, whatever night it is, and you offer cheap tickets to, to students. They hop on the bus. You could roll down into Lawrenceville with all the other hipsters, and you just sort of see this bus rolling through, and people are like, what is that bus? And it's like, oh, you know, it's cheap tickets. You hop on. It takes you to the and game. You, and you, you, take a, you, know, you take a peek inside as it rolls by. Everyone's on there having a good time, singing yeah. songs. 
new songs could be created on the bus. You know, you have a couple <laughs> drinks, you're out, you're, you're, and you're all rowdy with your fans, and you know, yeah, that'd be fun. You might be onto something here, Kev. Like I remember when we were in high school. So we went to we went to high school in Penn Hills. They had a bus that was my junior or sophomore year. They put it together for the football team. It was a school bus, but then they painted it in the Penn Hills colors, and then in the back they put like um, a table with like bench seating down the side, which was terrible when you stop because you would sort of slide back and forth. But there was a TV back there. Like you could totally have like a bus with a TV playing game highlights and like you could have somewhere, you know, maybe you get some drinks on there. This could legit be a good time. I mean, the TV is a stretch. You don't need it because that's more money and all that kind of stuff. You want people having conversations with each other. I'm just saying, look, singing songs. Our Patreon is open if you want to make this happen. Liz already talked about I mean, finding me- a uh, an ambulance that we could turn into sort of a party <laughs> yeah. a party wagon for the uh, for the tailgates. To be clear, that TV is only showing Miracle on the Mon. That's on right. Repeat. I mean, it's not it's showing anything else. That's fine. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but uh, I mean, honestly, you could do something like this, except for make it a little bit more small scale, where you, all you do is there's the T station right there in Station Square. It's a long walk to the t- from the T to the the stadium. So. It would be kind of nice to have just even just shuttling people from the T to the stadium would be something small scale, easy to do, and just a nice convenience. Because uh, I know I've taken the T to Station Square, and it's it's not a huge walk, but still, I mean, that's another more walking than you don't want to do. The more I think about this, the more I really like this. When you started saying this, I'm like, you're just arguing for a better transit system. But like, <laughs> or just south side, just just from south right. side. I mean, but you this, know, East Carson Street. Literally, that's it. I mean, if you had a bus that just sort of rolled like every two blocks and just stopped on game day, and it was like, hey, get on the bus, and people can like stumble out and get on the bus, and you know that it's coming, that could be a really and, good and time. And I think that would be the logical place to start is is places nearby Highmark but I think I think the real kind of I don't know I think the biggest impact it could have is if yeah if you're and once again this is kind of not only growing soccer and like in Pittsburgh but potentially across the US you know if, if you're a dad or a mom and you have a son or daughter who plays soccer and is interested in soccer and you live out in let's say Penn Hills because we're from there um you know, if, you, if, if the Hounds were saying, okay, look, you know, game days, there's going to be a shuttle at the high school. Just show up to the high school, you know, and it's like a buck a ticket, um, and we'll, we'll shuttle you straight to the stadium and straight back. I mean, that, that's a much easier pitch as a parent. Like, you don't have to worry about logistics. You don't have to worry about parking. You don't have to worry about driving or anything like that. And it's an easy thing of, yeah, just, you know, take my son or daughter or family or friends or whatever to the, to the game. High school is a, you know, very central point for a lot of communities and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. I just had one more pine sky idea that would be awesome. Nothing about public transit. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. Um, <laughs> I would love, love, love if somehow the Hounds got the rights or the ability to do a Pittsburgh Spirit throwback jersey. Mm. I would freaking, yeah, if sweet. we had one game where we all they all came out in the Pittsburgh Spirit jerseys, and it was just like a throwback jersey that they sold, and that would sell like crazy and it would be freaking awesome i mean is there is there still podcast image episode like can you put an image for this episode or whatever because if you can you totally should put that uh that jersey yeah no we can the pittsburgh spirit throwback uh, hounds jersey it would just be super cool and i feel like that's something that they could potentially swing like i 
I can't imagine that whoever designed the logo is like, no, you can't have it. Like, it's just... <laughs> well, I think it's more the corporation that owns right, the rights but... to Pittsburgh Spirit at this yeah. point. I'm pretty sure the guy who made the logo uh, or got paid a one-time fee and never saw any more money. Yeah. <laughs> Let's well, let's just change like the T to an L, and it could be like Pittsburgh Spiral, and it'll look exactly <laughs> the same. And there's a good old knockoff right. jersey. Oh, it becomes man. a collector's item because it's like, oh, yeah. like do you have that like that imp- like that uh, what is it imperfection like misprint? Like, yeah, I need this Pittsburgh Spiral jersey, like that'd be sweet. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's what we think for our you know one big wish. I still, I, you know, I was at my my in laws again this week and we were watching the Steeler game. And if we were watching the Hounds game instead, and it was the same sort of like at, I mean they were in Denver, but like the same sort of atmosphere where you have this massive stadium packed watching the Hounds, be insane. But anyway, I think some of these are like actually doable, which I did not think they would be heading into it. So uh, kudos to you guys for that, Kyle Becker. Kyle- <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be the name of the show kyle Becker. i see you kyle i see you uh, so that's that's i think that's all we got time for on this one um guys this this was a lot of fun thank you to everybody who submitted questions we're gonna have to do this again because i still have a hat full of full of <laughs> questions that we didn't get to some of them were really really juicy so uh send in your questions and you know if we don't end up doing them on the next show we'll just sort of add them to the list and then we can do another one of these out of the hat things let us know what you thought about this show obviously let us know you know what you guys think so if you had one wish what would it be Uh, i think you know there's a lot of really cool ideas that could come out of this like grassroots types ideas type of ideas that uh even you know maybe not the hounds maybe the hounds don't need to be involved to make them happen maybe it is something that mongols or the steel army or somebody else sort of picks up and runs with so uh so yeah, really cool stuff. I guess, guys, anything else from you guys on this one? We good? Plastic flasks. Plas- Pla- no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Do they With hounds logos on them? Obviously. Yeah, obviously. obviously. Yes, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Well, I guess guess uh, that's it. Or maybe not. Maybe. For, uh... <laughs> for legal yeah. reasons, maybe not. <laughs> Uh, thanks to our sponsor roughneck scarves official scarf supplier to mls uso and u.s soccer get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com if you're looking for more great usl news head over to uslnews.com check out all the great articles and podcasts that are there and part of the bgn family follow us as always on twitter at mongols and at will mongols head over to itunes subscribe to the show and leave us a review otherwise let us know what you thought about this one thanks everybody we'll talk to you very very soon cheers later <laughs>